Hi, this is Marissa Meyer. And this is Delaney. And this is Sloane. And you're listening to the Prince Kai Fan Pod. And it's true, the story. Oh, yes. Now then, what is that phrase you use? Once upon a time... Hello, welcome to another bonus Patreon episode from Prince Kai Fan Pod, a Marissa Meyer book club podcast. I am your host today, Becca, and today we are talking about Ever After, the movie from 1998. Hello, Bethany. Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm so excited to imagine Patreon members listening to this like, oh my god, it's Hi, Ramsey and crew. We love you. Um, so we finally found time to get together. Yeah, it only took until December 2020. It's <laughs> been like almost a year. So it, it feels like forever. Um, it does. Yeah, and this has been the longest year ever. It has been the longest. <laughs> this has been a rough year for me. I lost both my co-hosts this year. I know. Well. yeah and I mean a lot of people have lost a lot of people so at least you still kind of have us I guess well that's very true that being in in retrospect now I sound very melodramatic right (laughs) like yeah I'm sorry that your co-host can speak with you for like two or three hours every single week but my mom lost two of her sisters and (laughs) you know yeah and you guys love me so there's that like I still get to text you and stuff yes yes we very much love you um so I've never done a bonus episode (laughs) but I'm told that it's basically a bunch of tangents which is perfect and so I have not really talked to you a lot lately because things have been so crazy but we actually (laughs) we just randomly text each other (laughs) I know yeah but it's always so quick so I really really need to hear a Bethany life life update but also we're talking about the movie ever after from 1998 this is one of my favorite movies and you until today had never seen it nope so I need to hear everything that you can (laughs) right now well, I, I did take notes, so I, I will type those up and share those for everyone, but be warned, they're very sporadic and sassy. Nice. Um, sassy. My, oh, no. Did you hate it? No, 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 no. There's just some things where I'm like, mm, historically not accurate, but let's move on. Oh, oh for <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not actually, like, they try and put some real, um, some real-ish imagined sort of history with it but it's definitely <laughs> not true yeah but I don't think Leonardo da Vinci was um friends with Cinderella and I, I don't know that a gypsy ever stole the Mona Lisa and yeah, yeah there's a lot <laughs> but I, I did enjoy watching it I love Angelica Houston oh. I love Drew Barrymore love Drew Barrymore oh uh, so, yeah, it was a very cute movie. I liked it a lot. Okay. Good. Okay. Yeah. They are amazing. And the girl from um, Sweet Home Alabama that had the baby in the bar. Yeah, I did and- notice she was in here. Oh, yeah. She's the nice stepsister, Jacqueline. 
they're so mean to her. I know. Like, uh, let that girl eat and shut up. Like, that is one of the historical inaccuracies. It would not have been impressive for her to be thin. No, it is impressive for you to have meat on your bones because then it shows how much money you have because you can afford food. Precisely. Yes. And the body shaming of her is ridiculous. And also like she's super hot and I would totally like let her be my sister wife. So what? Like she's not (laughs) whatever. I mean, like as soon as they started talking about how she needed to be skinny, I was like, so that's not accurate, but we'll move on. (laughs) Yeah. I mean the small waist deal with the corsets and stuff, I suppose was part of it, but Mm, not, no, really, not yet. Not, not yet. Because when was this supposed to be? They kept they kept referencing sixteen ninety nine or something like that, right? So, which that seems so late to me. I feel like it should have been like fourteen hundreds, but I truly don't know. When, Maybe they were, mid- yeah, sixteenth century is when it was supposed so, to. So fifteen, so fifteen ninety. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so, mm, yeah. Anyway, (laughs) so I love this movie. It came out in 1998. It was released on VHS and DVD, but um, I went to Shopco the day it came out on VHS tape which apparently, according to Wikipedia, was March 3rd, 1999, which I'm assuming was a Tuesday. And I left my high school. I really need to know if that was a Tuesday now. It, yeah, it, it seems like that would come out on Tuesday. March 3rd, 1999 was on a Tuesday. So, books and movies and CDs, they always used to drop on Tuesdays. That was a thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, it was always Tuesday was the day that the new stuff came out. It was a Wednesday. You're brilliant, darling. A Wednesday. That's odd. You are genius. Huh. I left after sixth period in high school. I was a junior in high school. I skipped my last class of the day, which would have been music theory. We were supposed to be, like, the class met for, like, a minute, and then we were all, like, we all went and scattered. We were supposed to be working on a composition, and I just left the school (laughs) and drove to Shopco in my 85 Ford Tempo named Consuela, and I went to Shopco, and I bought the movie, and I- I love that your car was named Consuela. Okay. There was a song about her, too, but I won't sing it for you. But so I went and I got it and I took it back to my high school and the auditorium was not locked. So I went in the auditorium and I sat backstage where there was a TV and like a couch that was for, you know, like prop, like a prop couch for musicals and Mm -hmm. stuff. And I watched the whole thing. Like, just at school for no reason. I could have gone home to watch it. I don't know why I went back to school. It seemed like the thing to do. (laughs) I just sat by myself in the auditorium and just... 
I love it. Oh, it was great. So great. Well, I sat um, with Scamp in oh. the chair, so I was not by myself. Um, Quentin brought us popcorn and cake because um, I recently had a birthday, so there's lots of cake in the house. Nice. Um, oh, happy birthday. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. I have birthdays turned off on my Facebook, and I know that yours is in December, but also it's 2020, so I don't know what day it ever is. <laughs> <laughs> so I totally missed it. I'm so sorry. Have you seen the the new Match.com commercial that Taylor Swift, uh, her song Love Story is in? Oh. It's my favorite commercial in the world now. It's Satan, and he's, like, in hell, just chilling on his throne. And he's, like, swiping for a, for love. Uh-huh. And then he stops and he sees something and you, you, he practically starts heart beating and he meets someone and he's like, two, zero, two, zero. And she goes, please call me 2020. And then it starts playing love story and it shows them like running around the world while COVID is happening. And they're like stealing toilet paper <laughs> and closing down gyms. And then it's basically like match.com. We can find love for anyone. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> I think it's. So funny. <laughs> Does it go too far for you? <laughs> um, well, you know, match.com, bad memories. Okay, well, I didn't know that, to be fair. Well, not bad, just not good. Well, I mean, that's kind of bad, right? Right. <laughs> oh, dear. I um, never um, did the whole dating thing, really. I. <laughs> I met met Quentin when I was 15. We started dating when I was 19. Yeah. We got got engaged when I was 22. Not a lot of romantic experience to share. Sorry. Well, I mean, I don't recommend it. So, you know. (laughs) I better never have to use it. (laughs) Like if I could erase everyone who wasn't Jerry, that would be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like my husband. Right? I like mine. See, I don't want to do that. Oh, no. Yeah. We kind of lucked out on those. I, I, I have friends that are single, and they sometimes talk to me about, like, dating. Or, like, Quentin's friends will talk to him about dating, and we're just like, oh, thank God we don't have to deal with dating. Yeah, no kidding. So do you want to talk about Ever After? I don't know how long I have you. Yeah, um, you have me basically until I fall asleep, so. Well, that's fair. Yeah, so um, let's talk about Ever After. Yeah, because the kids are asleep. I want Patreon members to know mm-hmm. that right now it is December 19th, 2020, and mm-hmm. it is 9 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Mm-hmm. I need for them to know that because they have been waiting for this episode for like a year. Aww. So I editing it and posting it very quickly so i expect lots of people to listen and be like <laughs> yay very quickly oh dear that's wonderful <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. and i need to figure out how this patreon thing works i got a couple little bing bongs from that discord thing today but we were running around all day so i haven't gone in and read anything yet but i scrolled so through the, into the two hour pride and prejudice episode oh nice um, it was literally me and lena 
tangenting about every version of Pride and Prejudice that we love, uh. even adaptations and remakes. And yeah, it was like two hours long and it was awesome. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. There's lots of bonus episodes on there. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, and you joined now, which means yes. you'll get, um, you'll get a new year's card. Cause I'm sending those out soon. That's exciting. <laughs> right? I yeah. need bookmarks. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I need to, um, I don't know who is who when they're talking in the thing. I haven't really learned all that yet. Um, well, Ashley's in there somewhere. Yes, I, well, yeah, Ash, Ash Smash, of course, is Ashley. Ashley, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and a couple of the names, of course, I recognize. Um, but then a couple of, like, their screen names or whatever. I'm not sure who everybody is, but I'm excited. But also, I, like, I scrolled up, I read the whole thing, and I do not understand so much of the vocabulary that the young <laughs> people use. And I felt so old. Like, well, is there anything I can enlighten you on? Well, I hate to show my ignorance because I like to think of myself as pretty woke for an old lady. (laughs) Well, being woke and understanding slang are different. Like, well, I I mean, it's not even necessarily slang, I suppose, that I'm not understanding because they were talking about the characters and basically, like, Somebody, I want to say somebody said that they thought that Thorn was, um, I don't know what ace means, and I don't, uh, there was something else I didn't know. Well, ace is a character yeah. in the Renegade series. No, 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 it's a thing, like, like if you're straight or, or pan, or they were saying like, oh, this character is probably pan, and this character's whatever. And I don't know what ace is as far as like the whole LGBTQ plus telemagic spectrum. So is, am I being ignorant too? Cause I thought ace was like, if you were asexual. Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe that's what it means. Bobby Patreon people are, are they're gonna tell us. Don't, don't sure. worry. Yes. So, so we'll get lots of messages if we are wrong. Yes, <laughs> please tell me because I don't know, and I'm not even really actually sure how to Google, you know, those things because I don't know who to trust because things, you know, the way that vocabulary is used, right, mm-hmm. has changed so much just in the last twenty years, right? So I truly don't know and I I do know that you know there are variations to how people think of all the different terms that we use to define ourselves like you know if I say I'm blah 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 it might mean something different than somebody else you know saying that they're that same word um because language evolves but like I really don't know what the majority has decided everything means yeah I just wait for someone to correct me and then I apologize yeah well like I I used to think that like pansexual was the same as polyamorous and it's totally different and I I mean I'm just ignorant and I don't want to be so please help (laughs) I do my best I try and educate myself pan means you're attracted 
to people's personalities, poly means that you have multiple partners, right? Right. I believe so. So like one just means that you are not limited to the attraction of like genders or right. societal gender norms, but the other one right. means that like you enjoy relationships with multiple partners. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like now that pan is a thing, I feel like a lot of folks like that are older, like I am who would have in the past said like, Oh yeah, I'm bi or whatever. I think a lot of people are going to change and start using pan. I've decided. Well, I remember the first time I heard pan, I was like, how is that different than mm-hmm. bi? Um, Cause bi like yeah. really um, is binary, you know, and gender is not binary. So, mm-hmm. you know, unless you're only talking about like the extreme ends of the spectrum I suppose and ignoring the people in the middle or it can be a lot to wrap your head around because like it really is yeah we were younger or even just five years ago people Mm -hmm. didn't um didn't really talk about this stuff yeah uh it wasn't given the attention that it deserves and so now Mm -hmm. I think this is a learning opportunity for for everyone. And that's why I'm constantly like, dude, if I mess up, just tell me. Right. Yeah. Because that's yeah. Like, never intentional and it's never from a place mm-hmm. of malice. I would much rather apologize mm-hmm. and myself than know that I may have unintentionally hurt. Right. But at the same time, if I hurt someone with my ignorance, it's not their job to like do the emotional labor of educating me. That's fair. Like, it's cool to be like, hey you suck like go figure out why <laughs> like that's okay you can tell me that too that's a good you know? point yeah because I think there's a I lot of heavily, I rely heavily on other people because I don't mm-hmm. socialize yeah <laughs> I don't have a, I don't have a job anymore oh. I don't go to school and now I'm not supposed to leave my house yeah. And so all of my friends are on the internet. So I'm constantly like, oh, I better check that person's profile before I accidentally say he or she or them, you know? Right. Um, yes. And so I I feel like one of my struggles is just like, I've gotten very adapted to like internet communication. Yes. <laughs> because like... I just don't have any reason to leave my house. And when I do, I am not talking to people. Right. Yeah. I've got my headphones in and you are, I'm just dead to the world. I'm listening to a podcast. I'm not talking to people. (laughs) Yeah. I think I'm probably leaving my house more than the average person because we are, I'm working from home. um, But I do still shop in person. Me too. Um, so I wear my mask and I sanitize after, you know, um, but I go to Walmart. Like, I have a little spritzer bottle of hand sanitizer that oh. Quentin got at um, the exchange. And so I spray everything now. Very nice. Yeah. And I spray my car handles and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah well, I still leave my house. I have to buy groceries and well, stuff. I know. honestly probably am at Walmart four times a week. That is a little bit more than me, but also <laughs> you live in a very small space and have to shop more frequently. 
Yeah, there's only so much we can buy at once. And, you know, I only buy my milk a half gallon at a time, but I have two three-year-olds and... Right. And also, you know, that's like my me time. <laughs> so... For sure, for sure. Yeah, like the kids you know, will fall asleep. And... <laughs> <laughs> but then... While you're walking around Walmart. <laughs> yeah. But other than, you know, going to Walmart, we do also still go to the kids' gym every Sunday morning. Um, and we're helping her out now so that she can, you know, more easily keep the gym open. Because right. basically, I mean, I will do anything to make that gym stay open. The kids need it. Yeah. Um, and it's a big enough space and it's never, there are never really more than 10 people in there, even when it's super busy and everybody really can spread out very well. I know that it's like a risk that we are taking. Like, I know that it's not something that everyone is comfortable with. And to be honest, like, I'm not really that comfortable with it, but I'm doing it anyway, because mm -hmm. that's just the choice that we've made. Um, and so I'm there. And since we're basically working there on Sunday mornings, uh, we're bartering <laughs> with the owner. Um, and so, so I have to, you know, talk to people, of course, if anybody comes in, but that's really the only social thing I have is a gym that is attended by a bunch of toddlers. I know I have to ask because I get asked this question frequently. Mm -hmm. Do you still support the podcast? Um, yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> what do you mean? I think that, I think when people don't know the full story, um, they're just like, they, they, fill in the blanks. And so even though you've been on the podcast since leaving the podcast, I'll still sometimes get people that message me and be like, Hey, did you guys have like a falling out? And it's like, oh, no, no. And then it's like, what happened? Why did they, why didn't, why don't they like doing it anymore? It's like, Oh no, it's nothing to do with like, they didn't like me or they didn't like it or they don't, you know, it's, it's literally life is very difficult and juggling oh, three God. schedules is, extremely difficult um especially when you know becca's got two three-year-olds a full-time job and all kinds of responsibilities ashley's in the military yeah which her time never belongs to her anyways like it's just so oh. i know that people are gonna i know i get asked that question a lot so do you want okay. to yes set the record straight and say that you don't hate me you don't hate the podcast like <laughs> well, I, mean, oh, I do not hate bethany and I do not hate them. No, seriously. Oh my goodness. <laughs> she's telling me what to say. She's not telling me what to say. She's telling me what people have asked. Okay. It's Bye. like blink twice if so, you need to be ready. Y'all, I freaking love the podcast. It breaks my heart that I just can't put into it what Bethany really needed out of a real co-host. I loved being able to do it for as long as I could. I am heartbroken that I cannot continue. I will be there anytime possible 
we have a recording coming up in a few weeks so I'm so excited for it too because I need you to read those chapters like <laughs> um, I have already read them <laughs> I have been holding those chapters hostage for you for yes. months oh okay like, if anybody besides Becca does this I'm mm. gonna be very upset like I mm. have I was like, I'm going to message her like six months early. Like, I'm going to make sure this girl is available. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. Okay, so I'm so excited, first of all, to do a regular recording soon. It has been <laughs> on my calendar forever. It is going to just be awesome. Um, I'm so excited. And actually, when we scheduled that, I was like, oh, she doesn't have anything sooner. <laughs> like, I, because I really, I really miss it. And I really would love 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 to be on your schedule more often it would just Absolutely. be so great and you're free girl okay also um the other oh, on one of your zoom deal images that i wasn't able to log into okay um, but you put them on the patreon deal deal so they showed yeah. up they showed up in my podcast app and I listened and I'm so sorry that I wasn't able. And actually, Bethany, I was driving so much that night. Um, when I was driving and couldn't come to the one because we, first of all, we had some errands to run, but normally I'm not the one driving. So normally Jerry would drive, but his eyes had been dilated because he had been to the eye doctor that afternoon. So I had to be the one to drive. And we took the kids and we looked at Christmas lights and got home way later. I think that sounds lovely and relaxing. And you can always come to the next one. Yes. If I hadn't been the one driving, like if I had just been a passenger in the car, I would have logged in. <laughs> it would have happened. Um, and then the night after that, when you had another one, the kids had a really rough night. That was, yeah. that was, I, I try to like sp make them, um, I try to vary the dates and times so more people can come because mm -hmm. everyone has different schedules. Some people work at night, some people sleep at night, some, mm -hmm. you know. Um, we have one Patreon member who's in Romania, so she's mm -hmm. nine hours ahead at all times, which means the last time we had a meeting, that poor girl, it was like one thirty in the morning. Oh my goodness. So, you know, I try really hard to yeah. like make it so that people can come and I'll put up like a vote every month of like, hey, what's the best day for everybody? What's the best time? Like, and since I'm not in school right now, I'm trying to do them more often so more people can come. Oh, for sure. Well, and with me working from home too, like even if you had one in the middle of the day, like I'd still be able to log in. I would just have to be unpending bills at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> that'd be fine, you know. Um, pretty much just really um, you know, when it's when it's the time between like dinner time and bedtime. That's just the yeah. hardest part of our day, you know, that it just is. But, um, but anyway, you said in that zoom call that, um, that you wanted to do a bonus about, was it the brandy version of Cinderella? God, I love the brandy version of Cinderella. Okay. Me too. That's basically my all time favorite movie. So hi, can I do that with you, please? Yes, please. Are you kidding? I yeah. need to watch that movie. Cool. Okay. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I, I love that movie. <laughs> I have watched that fairly recently, actually, also. So. <laughs> I, 
I'm not sure the last time I watched it. And I actually normally don't take notes if I'm watching a movie. I just like literally will watch it and then yeah. record right here because the one time I did take notes was for Frozen, which when they were finally typed up in 12-inch font were 18 pages. Wow. So I don't really do the whole notes anymore. So that's how much I love you. But these are not nearly as detailed. This is randomly saying things. Yeah. Um, like literally one part of my notes is, yeah, okay, it's good. She question mark. <laughs> but we'll, we'll get to that. So let's talk about what Ever After is. Okay. Um, Ever After is, well, actually, this is your episode. Do you yeah. want to describe the movie and tell people yes. what it so, is? Yeah. So- Hang Among Men. Thank you. He just brought me a water. Oh, um, so Drew Barrymore plays Danielle, who is our Cinderella. Angelica Houston is her evil stepmother. Um, and then she, of course, has the two stepsisters, one of which, um, so the, the Pearl is some blonde girl who I don't know. But the Peony is the girl who had the baby in the bar, who I love. And <laughs> the movie starts, and this is kind of funny to me because this film came out in 1998 they basically did a very similar thing to how titanic starts out yeah Um, i was thinking that too yeah which came out you know around the same time um like the year before a celine dion song at the end yeah (laughs) um so they start with this old woman talking and she is talking to basically um the man that she's talking to is a slightly fictionalized version of let me find the dude's name Wilhelm Grimm and Jacob Grimm um well no he was supposed to be Charles Perrault no they even made a joke about Perrault they did yeah, they made a joke about, like, what, the Perot version where he has a pumpkin and a golden slipper? Oh, okay. Well, anyway. anyway <laughs> that she's talking to, and she's like, hey, I read your thing, and it's, you know, wild, and let me tell you a story, right? So the old lady's going to tell us a story. The true story. Yes, yes, the true story. Um, so we start with Danielle is young maybe 10 or 11 and she is in this kind of country farmhouse but like so they're not like rich people but they have some sort of land that they're working and they have servants like quite a few servants um that are there and she's talking to these two ladies who i think of as the mice who are her servants her friends (laughs) (laughs) and um her father has been away and he's bringing her a mother basically and dad comes home and instead of bringing her a nice sweet mother he brings her evil angelica houston and these two snotty girls well the one snotty girl and the one whatever (laughs) Um, Angelica Houston. Like as soon as like I was watching the movie and I saw the credits rolling and I saw Angelica Houston, I was like, "Hell yeah! Who does she play? Please let it be the stepmother." Absolutely, yes. Um, and so, 
he brings these people in and she, Angelica Houston's kind of really snobby and social climby, of course, as you would expect. Um, and pretty quick after her dad brings these people home, he has to go away on business or something. And he's riding his horse out of their gate and he like has a heart attack and dies. And so the stepmother, spoiler alert, the stepmother hates Drew Barrymore because the dad, instead of like staring at his brand new newlywed wife, like as he's dying, he's looking at his daughter. This this is the first moment that really got me, but I wrote when he told Danielle he loved her, but not the wife, the crying and sadness in her eyes. The absolute horror on her face. The envy is very evident. She will never forgive this child for taking away her last moment with her husband. Mm-hmm. And the Baroness was like genuinely distraught. Like she was bawling her eyes out. She was screaming. She was saying, you can't leave me. They had to like help her walk away because she was so overwhelmed. And even later on in the story, she tears up talking about him. So that, that might be one of the most unique features is that she actually seemed to have some kind of genuine affection for her husband outside of. Yes. Me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It didn't carry very far because he could, she couldn't have cared less about his daughter, but. Right. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's kind of awful. Um, and apparently according to Wikipedia, she was actually eight years old when she was a little girl. Um, and we flash forward 10 years and the stepmother has basically gone into major debt because she has to be, you know, keeping up with the Joneses. Um, so she's not keeping up their little manner and spending all the money and she's making Danielle Cinderella. Um, she's making her work alongside all the servants that used to, you know, be her servants. Um, but for some reason, this guy comes onto their land and steals one of their horses. So our badass heroine throws like a rock or something at him. An apple. An apple. Thank you. <laughs> an apple right in his head. I love it. I love it. Yes. And so that is the meet cute where she meets the prince who is Prince Henry. I love, I love the um, like fairy tale sort of nod where he's climbing out of his tower bedroom. Yes. Um, down these like sheets that he tied together but I just I love the concept of the prince being the one that's climbing out of and sneaking out of the tower as opposed to the princess yeah the rope made of bed sheets oh it's so cool but so he the prince is trying to basically escape his royal life for a while and so he gives her 20 gold francs um to buy her silence and um and then you know rides away on their horse well so then Cinderella has these 20 gold francs. Well, apparently because stepmother has gone into such debt, she has sold old man servant to help pay some of the debt. And he is, so apparently in France in the 1500s, you could sell your indentured servants and they would be shipped off, shipped off to the Americas 
to be, you know, servants, indentured servants there, basically slaves. Mm -hmm. Um, So now Danielle has these 20 gold francs and she's like, cool, I'm going to buy my servant's husband back (laughs) because old man servant, of course, is married to one of her attendant type servant ladies. And so she gets all dressed up as a noblewoman, sneaks into court, pretends to be a courtier, and buys the guy back. And is pretty convincing. And of course, the prince sees her again, but doesn't recognize that she's the same girl. He's like, have we met? And it's like, I hate that it's like they put on a pretty dress and it's like, you're beautiful. And it's like, he was beautiful before. Yeah. Like, same as like I love a Cinderella story with Hillary Death, but like yes. is she really that dumb. Mm-hmm. She barely had her eyes covered, and that was it. And you still heard her voice for like two hours. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Suspension of disbelief. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so she gets the servant back, but not before she lies to the prince. Um, says that her name is the same as her mother's name, Nicole, and instead of Danielle. And says that she's in town visiting her cousin. And the prince is like, which cousin? And she says, the only one I have. <laughs> which I love is it. hilarious to me. I love the way that she like skirts around his questions. Yes. Uh, so she runs home. And um, I guess, so she... Like her bestie, Gustav, like tells the prince where she lives and so she has to get all gussied up again and they go to a library and then they meet up with the gypsies and steal back the Mona Lisa (laughs) it's like this whole thing um and the prince totally kisses her at the gypsy camp I Um, love the scene where she's like I can take whatever I can carry and they're like yes and she's like I'm gonna pick up this dude (laughs) Yes. I'm like, I'm like, are you for real gonna yep, she just okay. Yep. Get it, Drew. Yep. I got you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because yeah, the gypsies had kidnapped him and so she gets him back. Oh, it's great. I it's love so it. Great. I also like I personally appreciate the representation of gypsies in a, a much kinder light. Oh, for and sure. Even, yeah. Even the implication where Danielle is like okay, yes, they're gypsies, but there's more to their identity than the fact mm-hmm. that they're gypsies. Yes. There's more to their lives than what you think they, than, than this bandit, you know, persona that you've painted onto them. She's um, totally like this trope of like gypsies are just pickpocketers that steal mm-hmm. or lie or, you know, mm-hmm. they're con men and, and you don't see the like joy and, and, um, familial ties that you get when you have a family where you literally like live in a caravan and travel the world. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to pretend that there isn't a small side of gypsy history where they stole stuff. Okay. That's literally what people know them for, but there's so much right. more to them. Yeah. Well, and also like, so most of my heritage is Dutch, German, and Swiss, right? And I don't mm-hmm. know a lot about the Swiss, but I can tell you a lot of bad stuff about the Dutch and the Germans. True story. I mean, come on. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, that's like, um, it's just, never mind. It's everybody knows like surface level of things, right? Right. 
like I, I've talked about that before that like, because I'm, I'm Jewish and Romanian. And so uh-huh. uh, I am very aware that anytime any human being I've ever met, hears the word Jewish, they immediately are like Holocaust. Uh-huh. I mean, there's 2000 other years of history and culture, but yes. Right. But that's what it's synonymous with because that's the representation. Uh-huh. Is it a movie about Jewish people? It's the Holocaust. Is it a book about Jewish people? It's the Holocaust. Are you learning uh-huh. about it in school? It's the Holocaust. Right. Um, and I, not that that stuff shouldn't be shared. Obviously, those stories need to be told. But I would like it if, if people knew there was more to it than that. Well, yeah, it sucks to like define an entire group of people by like the worst thing that happened to them. Absolutely. Yeah. So they make out. (laughs) Um, Again, I wrote in my notes, it's slightly inaccurate that in a slightly historically inaccurate that an outspoken female would Mm -hmm. be given this kind of leeway. (laughs) Right. With royalty, but suspension of disbelief. Yeah, yeah, she is like a social justice warrior, and he is. I just love it though. Cool. I love that she's constantly like, "Hello, listen." Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, then of course, you know, there's a ball and um, a slipper and and all of that. So it's um, eventually the stepmother sells Danielle off to this creepy, gross man. Yeah, Le Pew is like totally appropriate to be his name. Um, And so then when the prince is like, yeah, okay, cool, I'm going to go find her and we're going to like get married or whatever, you know, when he finally gets over his nonsense about her lying to him whatever about what she, you know, who she was, um, he shows up to rescue her, but she had already like pulled a knife on Le Pew and got herself out of the predicament. I loved that scene. I was like, get it girl. You don't need yes. this. Yes. Yeah. From navel to nose. I was like, yeah, you will. Yeah. Not that I yeah. condone violence, but like, you know, when you're being held captive, do what you got to do. Okay. Right. Yeah. She, yeah. She's a badass. She can take care of herself. Um, and so, of course, you know, they get married rather quickly. Uh, <laughs> like, it's got to be like less than 48 hours, right? Because yes. when the people show up and request her presence to the Baroness, she's like, oh, sh- yeah, you're going to marry the prince. Let's go, girl. Like, yes. Yeah. They were it, it, that's not why they were there. Later that day. Because- <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> The um the evil stepsister and stepmother are asking the nicer stepsister like, oh I hear that you you know, the, when the prince ran oh well okay so I skipped over this part, the prince is supposed to marry this princess from Spain because it's that like a treaty thing. That scene are really distasteful. What did I write? It was not good. Um. <laughs> but... <sighs> I don't know, but Spanish oh. princess, of course, is in love with some bald dude. <laughs> right? Of yeah. course. Yeah. And the prince runs out on his wedding. I wrote her crying is the worst, most cringiest thing in the entire <laughs> world. I can't tell if she's bawling or throwing mm-hmm. up. And mm-hmm. she's hiding behind a veil, so I'll never know. 
she was crying like bawling like whining bawling so loud like, it was pretty in the cathedral it much. <laughs> it was pretty cringe and then of course the prince is like yeah cool i don't want to marry you either go with the bald dude and then he leaves but so it seems like it cannot possibly be more than the next morning because right. Yeah, because then the stepsisters and stepmother are sitting around the table and the evil ones are asking the baby and the bar girl about like, oh, I heard that the prince like kind of bumped into you on his, you know, when he ran out of the wedding. What did he say? I love it too, Jacqueline. Jacqueline, like, oh, obviously he said now he gets to marry my lovely sister. Yes, yep. yes, exactly. Yeah, of course he's in love with Marguerite. <laughs> possibly said. Yeah, and that's when the messenger from the palace shows up and is like, hey, dude, like, King wants to see y'all, you know? And so the evil ones go into the palace and they're all like, oh, you know, whatever. And the queen of France is like, so you lied to me. So let's go ahead and like execute you now, basically. And I love all the Henry the Eighth jokes about yes. like. I love when the when the mom when the queen is like divorce is only something they do in England, Your Majesty. Exactly. Like I love I love her telling her husband like we're not getting divorced and you're not oh, behaving. Yes. Well, not- and then they're looking at the couple from Spain and thinking like, okay, maybe our arranged marriage is not actually that bad. <laughs> right, and, and like, he wakes him up in the middle of the day, and he's like, "Off with his head, I'm sleeping." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, it's great! I love it. I, love it. <laughs> I did take note of like all the tropes, and there's three of them right there. <laughs> oh, so <laughs> but so they're in the palace, and the queen is like, "Okay, so we're gonna kill you unless somebody will speak for you." And so Angelica Houston is like looking around at everybody in the palace, and she's like, "There seem to be a lot of people out of town because no one else is Again, I wrote in my notes, "Okay, no one will speak for them." So Danielle's gonna show up and be the better yeah. person, right? Yep, there yeah. she is. in and of course she's already a princess like they've already gotten married like this was a quick wedding wearing the necklace yes the necklace that marjorie gave to the queen and said oh you dropped this she's wearing that necklace oh my goodness i didn't even notice that I totally noticed that. Well, I'm taking notes. Like, <laughs> well, right. but, I've seen times, but yes. Um, <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I will speak for them. Um, I just, you know, don't kill them. Just treat them the way that they've always treated me. Right. So then <laughs> flash forward, um, you know, to however long later. And <laughs> we have stepmother and Marguerite, the evil stepsister in like peasant clothes with you know and they're working in the laundry room at the palace and they're being just terrible because they're terrible but Jacqueline with the baby in the bar got to marry her lord, and they're so cute together um (laughs) I wrote yeah that's right thou bitches but not Jacqueline who gets to marry her her horse in shining armor. Aww. Yes, because the ball was a magic ball and more horses. Yes. Oh, they bolstered up his horses. It was meant to be. I also love the part where they, like, meet over food because they were giving her such a hard time about food. And I was, like, watching yes. them eat and stuff. And I was, like, 
Yes. He like literally <laughs> maze at her like a horse. <sighs> again, oh. again, this is like slightly historically inaccurate. This time in France, mm-hmm. it would have been more appealing for someone to have meat on their bones because it would show one that they have enough money to feed themselves and two that they don't work a laborious job that has them losing weight from constant physical exertion so mm-hmm. them harassing her about like eating too much and and you know have and not having a small enough frame that's very much like a 20th 21st century beauty standard that they've kind of included in this historical fantasy film. Um, but I'm not holding it against them because like pretty much everything does. Uh-huh. So I'm, I'm not holding it against them, but I definitely noticed stuff like that. Cause I'm like, come on, we were allowed to be chubby back then. Like, you know, like, <laughs> Oh dear. Yeah. Oh, and the fairy godmother in this one is Leonardo is- da Vinci. <laughs> not historically accurate, but suspension of disbelief. Well, to be fair, Leonardo da Vinci did um, come to the palace at the request of um, Francis the um, who you know the king in this, which is Henry's dad. It's just that he was brought to the palace three years before Prince Henry was born. So, right. <laughs> you know, um, definitely they changed. Have to, them. Have to, you know, plot and stuff. That's <laughs> <laughs> like um, my favorite thing on the podcast now is whenever I get super confused by something in the book, I'm like, plot. You know, yeah. would they all have ended up in the exact same spot in Africa? question mark for the plot it's kind of plausible let's roll with it sure Uh, yeah so leonardo da vinci of course is delightful um and he is like the best fairy godmother Uh, i just kind of love him yeah absolutely i Mm -hmm. love the part when jacqueline puts the feather in her bosom dress <laughs> because marguerite gets so a fancy brooch yeah he was sitting with the brooch on marjorie's dress and by the way can we talk about the fact that they pronounce jacqueline with a french accent but then they say marjorie and not marjorie like if you're gonna use the french accent on one name you need to do it on all also this takes place in france and yet everyone has a british accent including the american actors of course. <laughs> like, what is that about? I mean, that's obviously, of course. Because like, everybody. Or like, if it has a different accent, you guys will figure it out, right? <laughs> you do realize that prior to 1800, everyone had a British accent, right? Everyone on the entire globe. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, um, it's like, I love the Princess Diaries movies, but mm-hmm. then like in the second one, they go to Genovia and everyone has a different European accent. Like someone has a French accent, someone has a Scottish accent, someone has an Irish accent that no one can understand. And I'm like, there's a little girl with an American accent. And I'm like, no one's going to explain this really. Nope. 
<laughs> the main character, the main male protagonist, who's Chris Pine, who is swoon worthy in that movie, mm-hmm. has an American accent, and then is like, "I was born and raised in Genovia, and I've been here my whole life." And it's like, okay, so then how do you have a perfect American accent? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> Believe. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. This was a great movie, though. I thoroughly enjoyed watching it. Oh, I, so I um, I definitely understand why so many people love it and why it's such a wonderful like adaptation of Cinderella. And I think it included a lot of the Perot callback, um, with the exclusion of obviously like the pumpkin and things like that. Uh-huh. Um, the librarian and me is um, still slightly upset that every time someone says Cinderella, they're like, oh, the original Grimm, or oh, the original Perot. And it's like, (laughs) but what about the Egyptian Cinderella, which came literally thousands of years first? Nobody cares? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) But I digress because, you know, history gets washed away through the years um, as this movie tries to tell us. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I'm pushing through my notes trying to see what I definitely what I feel like you have to hear. <laughs> I wrote at some point I wrote Jacqueline is lovely. Yes. Oh, I like that the prince is like obsessed with how love and destiny work. He's like Da Vinci, you must tell me how love works. <laughs> and, like everything Da Vinci tells him, he's like, "No." <laughs> I just love that he's like obsessed with like how do you fall in love? How do you know it's love? What's this whole destiny bullshit about? (laughs) (sighs) Oh, I wrote swimming in a full dress looking like a glowing fairy. Oh my goodness. Okay, thank you. And that's so very Ophelia with her just... Yes, yes. Another Ah. trope. He likes her because she's the only girl who's immune to his charms and mm-hmm. she challenges him. Absolutely. Also something that Cinder or that Kai likes about Cinder is that she doesn't care that he's a prince or she didn't seem to. Totally. Yes. They like super hypersexualize Marjorie by the way. Like Oh yeah, they do. Her bosom is showing she talks sultry and sexy no matter who she's talking to that scene with the tennis ball was like and when he fed her chocolate I was just like this is so not appropriate yes <laughs> for sure when you didn't your fiance until after you were married he's not feeding her chocolates in broad daylight in the middle of the street in town square yeah <laughs> I think the chicken scene was really funny, and I need everyone to know that Scamp is hyper-intelligent. So when there are animals on the TV screen, whether they are cartoon or otherwise, Scamp is very aware that they're there and that they're animals. So right. when the chicken thing happened, he freaked. <laughs> and I love when the servant says, well, and the chicken. <laughs> Was there only two of you? And the chicken, sire. <laughs> Oh, that was so great. It was wonderful. Yes. So did you know that they made a musical version? No, but I'm very intrigued. Okay. So it opened in 2015 and ran for about a month. And 
um, the Danielle was played by the same actress who originated the Little Mermaid role on Broadway. Oh, and it was revived in January of 2019, and again ran for like a month. But King Francis was played by the dad from the nanny. From the nanny? Yes, the dad from the nanny. Oh, I love that. I know. Isn't yeah. Oh, golly. I love that. Oh, and Monsieur Le Pew um, played the creepy dude on Rocky Horror Picture Show. That's why he looks familiar. I had to look that up because several times I was like, who's that guy? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's also, it's a movie from the 90s. So I, I, some of those actors haven't done things in a while mm-hmm. or they look very different, you know? I want to talk about the moment where the stepmom is a human being. It happens once. Yeah. Once Danielle yeah. is brushing her hair. And they have this, like, uh-huh. very mean conversation. Yes. But as soon as she starts to talk about the dad, yeah. she tears up. And mm-hmm. every time she, like, almost gives Danielle a compliment, there's a pause. And then she turns it into an insult. She corrects it as if she's very aware, like, oh, shit, I said something nice. What do I do to retract it? Um, Mm -hmm. and that scene really, that really got to me because I was like, okay, so she did really love him even all this time later. Yeah. And that's sad, but she's still a bitch. So. Well, right. (laughs) Um, okay. So in most ish versions of Cinderella, the stepsisters have their eyes plucked out. Yep. Um, so, um, the stepmother and Marguerite are sentenced to work in the laundry rooms at the palace. Yes. In, in the 1500s, the types of chemicals that they used to clean clothes would totally blind you after prolonged exposure. Absolutely. So... Basically, they totally made it so that they definitely would go blind just like normal. <laughs> just like in the in the Grimm's version. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you have a favorite moment from the whole thing? Do you know? Oh, man. Probably because it's sappy, but whatever. When she's talking to Leonardo da Vinci... And she says something about a fish can love a bird, but where would they live? I wrote it down. Did you? And he says that that he has to make her wings. And so she shows up to the ball with wings. A bird may love a fish, signore, but where would they live? And I shall have to make you wings. Yes. And her Mm. wings are so beautiful. And her dress is so beautiful. Uh, I wrote a note about her dress. I wrote, I wrote, I love that we as the audience don't see her until she actually gets to the ball. It's a much bigger impact when we see her Mm -hmm. at the same time everyone else does. And then I wrote, 
walking into the ball looking like a damn goddess and an angel all rolled into one, could Drew Barrymore shine any brighter? Oh. Okay. And I had no idea. Literally sparkling. Well, yeah, and the glitter was very 1998. Like, of course, that was like everybody. Oh my god, glitter was everywhere. The only thing that could have made it more 1998 is if she had on a plastic choker and her hair. Yeah, yes, that's what I was gonna say about the clips in her hair. I mean, (laughs) butterfly wings on her back probably inspired the butterfly. Right? Like, yeah. (laughs) Um, Oh my gosh, it was great. Oh, it was so great. But that. Let me tell you how tiny Drew Barrymore is. I had no idea. I mean, I know that apparently she's only like 5'2 or something. But holy cow, that woman is tiny. Because at the Durham Museum in like, I don't know what year it was. Probably like 05, 06. They had this traveling exhibit of all these costumes from movies from like the dawn of time till now. And that dress was one of them. And so I got to see the dress, you know, and holy cow, that thing is tiny. Like I had this doll when I was a kid that was like three feet tall and would like walk next to you, like this big old plastic doll. They were very popular. Um, That, the dress looked like it would fit that doll. (laughs) It was so small. (laughs) She's just like miniature, but oh, it was so gorgeous. But they had um, Tina Turner's, you know, dress that you think of when you think of Tina Turner. They had all sorts of stuff. Silver, yeah. Yeah. That's like that dress, right? (laughs) Yeah. I also absolutely adore when she punches her. I'm like, get it, girl. Yes. I love, too, that she punches her. She didn't slap her. That's like a typical girl trope is, like, slapping and hair pulling, like, no, Drew straight up punched that girl and gave that bitch a black eye. And I am so here for it. I'm like, yes, get out of my mother's dress. And she calls her a cow. Yeah. I was like, whoa. <laughs> Which is like a much worse insult in the UK than it is here. I'll say that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love her. I lo- I also love when he like comes to rescue her, but she's like already rescued herself. Yes, I very much appreciated that she rescued herself first, and so when she was coming to him, she was coming to him as a free woman and not as a damsel in distress. Exactly. Yes, like equal human. Yes, <sighs> love it. I love it. I wrote in my notes, I wrote, ooh, bitch lied to the queen. Is it too much to hope for an off with her head? (laughs) (laughs) That would have been great. Uh, My notes are barbaric. I'm sorry. Well, not too sorry. You guys have read my notes. You're used to it by now. You get notes every week. You know Mm -hmm. I can be savage. In my little notebook, I can be as savage as I want. (laughs) Quentin, Quentin came in at the part where they got thrown in the water and he was like, oh, I really love the ending. Yeah. I love mine. The point, Sir Jacob, is not that they lived happily ever after. The point is that they lived, as in they were real human beings who had a real beautiful story to tell. It lives on hundreds of years later. 
It is so beautiful. I love it. Yeah. I just love it. I love it. And I'm so glad that I got to talk to you. And that everyone listening to hear your beautiful voice and to know how you're doing. Because you are loved and you are missed and you deserve to know that. Thank you. I miss you guys too. This was so great. So how do you feel about the podcast still going on, even though you and Ashley can't do it? Because that was one of my that was one of my survey questions for my, <laughs> my listener survey. Okay, but did anybody other than that one person say that it should have ended? No. Right? Okay, so that one person is just needs to I don't understand why that person listens it makes no sense to me get an audiobook like clearly you don't want this um I was so distraught that day too I was like I don't know what to do right now I don't even know how to process this information like Quinch is just gonna be like don't worry about it baby you're great like so I was like I was like I'm gonna message Becca and Ashley and Ashley goddess of my heart Ashley who is overseas on deployment Mm -hmm. stopped what she was doing and sent me like a three-minute audio recording I know I I heard that you played it in the zoom it was delightful it was beautiful I loved it I messaged her back I was like oh my god it's so good to hear your voice (laughs) okay yeah you know you can't stop because the books need finished also, you can't stop because I have to be able to come back whenever I can. Um, also, yes. I can't stop because I look forward to it every Monday. Yay. I'm so glad because now, like, I love that other people can hear that too. Because I totally get it. Like, I remember I remember when they stopped doing Dear Mr. Potter and I was like, oh, scandal, wonder what happened. And then, like, I looked it up online and I was like, oh, shit, that was for real a scandal. Like, mm-hmm. okay. And so I totally get it. Like as a listener, it's just like, wait, mm-hmm. where did everybody go? Was there like a falling out? Is there like, mm-hmm. do they like not like the podcast anymore? Like, you know, but it's literally just guys, like this stuff takes time. Mm-hmm. Like even if you're just the one doing like, even if you're not the one like doing all the editing and the posting and stuff like that, it still takes time. Yeah. Um. Also, dear Mr. Potter, I need to know what you know about the scandal business because- <gasps> I popped you don't on, know? Well, okay, so I popped onto Twitter the other day, and Lonnie, the had, ex-wife, had tweeted and said that she was permanently deleting everything related to their former company. Story. Uh, yes, because of like. Apparently, why you can no longer listen to In Want of a Wife, which makes me sad. Which is sad because In Want of a Wife was delightful, but apparently, she has accused him of being abusive and of adultery. Okay, which, like, adultery, I mean, whatever, but abuse, that's not, I mean, not that any of it's okay, but like, no, I just wanted to include that there's more than one accusation there. Okay, yeah, that just is sad to me. Yeah, and it, it, she had this whole post that she wrote because she's an author and she has her own podcasts and networks and things like that. Oh. And she had this whole, like, blog post that she wrote to, like, let listeners and followers know what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And he basically was like, well, read her post. Okay. So, yeah, there was a lot of accusations of abuse and infidelity. And eventually it was like, Lonnie was like, well, everything's in my name. And I started this and you started doing it because I already did it. Uh So you're done. So I totally get why people like listening would would have the implication of like, oh, no, what happened? Uh Because we didn't have the chance to explain it. It was like, oh, you know, it'll only be for like a month. And then Mm -hmm. like a month turned into like two months and then two months turned into three months. And then here we are, uh, December of 2020, and there's still a pandemic. So like none of us knew that it was going to be longer than a couple of weeks or we would have been like, hey, just to let you guys know, you know, you know what I mean? Like we would have taken the time for you guys to make an actual announcement had we known. Mm -hmm. I hate to think about anybody being abused, you know, and especially like anybody who's, whose work that I loved. I, I just hate when I I find out that they've done bad things. Sometimes it's like, I, I enjoyed Dear Mr. Potter so much. I loved Mm -hmm. listening to Alistair. I felt like, it was such a wonderful educational experience. And so I was just reading through that. It was like this big reveal of like who this person really was very much in the same way that like some of the stuff that's come to light with JK Rowling has made me question. I was just going to say that. Yeah. 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 I have a lot of trouble. Have you seen the memes where it's like, isn't it wonderful that Harry Potter doesn't have any, doesn't have an author. We all just will. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes oh my goodness yes oh love it love it <laughs> I do too. yeah I have a really hard time with a lot of Potter stuff because of all of that it's just so despicable what uh, she thinks but it's just wrong it, I, I don't know it makes me so sad it's hard to wrap your head around something like that when you spend so long um, idolizing something, you mm-hmm. know. And I'm not saying like that we necessarily idolize J.K. Rowling, but, but I think I did, is the thing the world that she created, we idolize the story that she shared. But I um, did idolize her specifically too, though. So it's like, I well, guess. Like now maybe we can transfer that and say that, like, we still, there's there's still something that we enjoy from the book and the story and the community that it's built and the fandom that it is. But that love no longer applies to its original creator. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's tough, man. I mean, Yeah. Well, it's the same with everything with Ellen that happened this year. I was just like, wait, what? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I used to really like her talk show back when it was new. Um, I, again, my older sister is gay. And Ellen, uh Ellen's like one of the first people to come out in Hollywood. Uh And she she got blacklisted for years. Like, the fact. Even is the fact that she's even a household name right now shows the growth that we've had as a community in a country. Yeah, and like for me and my sister and people who've who've sort of again idolized her and what she's accomplished to go through that, it's just like, 
you know, and I, mm-hmm. I remember I was talking to um, Amanda about it. And I was like, if anybody ruined, like, I was like, between that and JK Rowling, if anybody ruins Taylor Swift or Michelle Obama, I'm never leaving oh my, my house. Oh my goodness. That would like, be just awful. <laughs> Leave <Yeah>. them. <laughs> like, I've been idolizing Michelle Obama since I was like 16. You like, right? I can't look um, at anybody else this year, okay? Like, yeah. It's too much sometimes, you know? And then. It really is too much. And do we know if Betty White has gotten the vaccine yet? Because I just need her to be okay. And Betty- I like is a national treasure. I am scared to even, after RBG, like, I am terrified. Right. For Betty White. Like, and I'm, like, to the point where, like, this is the first time that I'm actually even saying this, like, because I I don't want to jinx anything. I don't want to put that into the universe because I had, had spent the last, you know, close to four years worrying about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And particularly this year. Now it's Betty White. (laughs) Protect her. Yeah, I just, I just can't. I just can't. It's not okay. I I know. You're all very, I shouldn't speak for everyone. Who who am I to speak for anyone besides myself? I personally, I'm just hopeful at this point. 2020, it was an experience. Mm-hmm. I learned some stuff. I'm ready to put it in a history book and hope that 2021 has bigger, brighter things for all of us to look forward to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So you are caught up on the podcast. Oh, yeah. So I have to ask because you know my husband. Oh, yeah. My sister, Lindsay, and some of our listeners are convinced that Quentin will not forgive Thorne for Cress getting kidnapped, that Quentin will think he is a boy. Now you've met my husband, so what do you think? Do you think that my sister is right and that he's, like, never going to get over that? Is that why Thorne is canceled, according to... Yes. The crew, okay. Yes. In my retrospect, like, Gina was going to kidnap her no matter what, but he so is he shouldn't have been playing cards with a hot chick. Yeah, and also, yeah, if Gina was going to kidnap her no matter what, fine. But also, like, he didn't need to break her heart first. Because True. Being, being kidnapped when you know that somebody who loves you is going to do everything they can to get you back. And being kidnapped when you think, like, well, the guy who was supposed to be pretending to be my husband doesn't give a shit about me, so I'm screwed. Those are completely different things, and it's way worse. Yeah, the way that it went down. I don't think you will ever forgive him. Yeah, that's why my sister was like, "Yeah, I know that you are like defending him, but Quentin's gonna think he's a boy. He is. Yeah, yeah. My my main thing is Thorne has no idea she's in love with him. She told him she was in love with him and he thought it was just the fever and the fact that he was the first guy she met. She had, he had no idea that she was like obsessed and crushing over him um, in her satellite for weeks. And then when he talked to her about it, he's like, we're good, right? Like you don't have feelings for me. You know, I'm not a good guy and stuff. And, you know, she kind of was like, yeah, no, totally fine. So I kind of get 
you know, I'm kind of like, okay, well, he didn't know that her feelings were that aggressive, but if nothing else, you're a terrible criminal. You just blew your cover. Mm-hmm. And yeah. these people, they're paying for your hotel room right now. Like, and you're supposed to be on your honeymoon, which by the way, was your cover story idea. Like right. you could have said she's my little sister. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, Thorn. He has a really nice redemption arc. Um, okay. So you have that to look forward to. But um, it's this big debate because a lot of us like Thorn. And Patreon member Sarah is like, he's not a good guy. And I don't know why you guys won't listen to me. So when <laughs> Danielle was like, I don't like Thorn either. I was like, oh, my God, where's Sarah? We have been ganging up on poor Sarah for weeks. Yeah. She now has ally there's like i want her to have like a team of like just ready to go so are you on sarah's side now too does that give her if i feel like if she has becca she can do anything i mean yeah at this point yes but also like i'm you know i haven't finished the series so i I mean (sighs) i don't expect any person to be perfect right because despite Jill Rowling being a despicable piece of shit. Um, I learned from her books that the world yeah. is not divided into good people and death eaters and everybody yeah. f- up sometimes. Um, and, I, the, and the direction that your moral compass points may not be the same as another person's and it's difficult to hold them to that same standard. Oh gosh. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely things that like I think are below moral integrity that other people just do Mm -hmm. you know yeah like this this whole year this whole karen concept which by the way i'm sorry for anyone who's named karen i hate (laughs) the thing now but like the fact that people act like that in public like my moral compass points in a different direction than Mm -hmm. theirs you know uh yeah i don't know i mean i will potentially love him by the end of the series but right now i'm pretty disappointed can i ask who besides aiko of course um yeah. who is your favorite character like who are your favorite characters up to this point because like mm. i'm obsessed with Cress. i feel like Cress is my spirit animal <laughs> right yeah gosh i miss scarlet i wish we got more scarlet in this book i loved her i love Cress. yeah i miss scarlet I want more of her. I might have a little crush on her, though. So there's that. Well, that's fine. She's a good girl to have a crush on. (laughs) I mean, you know, the red hoodie, the red hair. I'll take it. Yeah. She's hot. Yeah. She's kind of as hot. Yeah. Do you have a favorite love story so far, then? Like, do you have a a couple that you're, like, rooting for? Yeah. Who who am I shipping? Yeah. Um... (laughs) gosh I have a hard time with that because Thorne just totally broke our poor little Cress's heart and also mm-hmm. like I feel like Cress is too young for him and it just worries me a little because all these girls are so young and I'm not ready for them to settle down <sighs> how much older is Jerry 13 years <laughs> Gee, what a but we didn't get together when I was 16. 
That's fair. That's fair. I've said that too. I'm like, technically, I met Quentin when I was 15 and he was 18, but we didn't start dating until I was 19. So yeah, it's it's different. It really is different. And I didn't understand it until I was almost 30. I didn't understand how different it is. Um, And it definitely was there's a there's a history there where I just get very concerned for young people who don't understand how problematic that can be because I was one of them once. Um, Yeah. I think the main issue with that is one numbers can be arbitrary because like a a 16 year old and a 20 year old versus a 17 year old and a 20 year old, it's only a one year difference, but for some reason people think it's more acceptable. Mm -hmm. Um, And two, it's trying to be, accurate to the original Rapunzel that we are familiar with yeah 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 true yeah it's difficult I totally get it I do but I mean we also the whole Buffy being in love with a vampire that was 300 years old (laughs) Edward and he was 119 like you know in retrospect is four years as big as some of the ones we've we've (laughs) idolized No, it's totally not. That is very true. And the whole vampire thing, like, yeah, Edward especially. Like, just because you look 17, if you're actually, like, 140, you should not be with a 17-year-old. Right. The The number of years you've been on this planet is what matters, not what you look like, okay? Right. Right. It's so true. Um, Gosh, yeah. I was really just – I just – I loved – I loved Cress and Thorn, and I loved just Cress. Like, I related to that so much. And yeah, I definitely relate to Cress. I mean, Hope is her who wants everybody to be her friend, but is super socially awkward and loves music and drama. I mean, right. But, like, can I really say that that's my favorite when it's so heartbreaking at this point? Like, I don't know that I can choose until I'm done with the series. I That's guess. a good point. I just didn't know if you had anything like that you were rooting for at this point in the story or things that you're hoping for because you haven't read beyond the point that you've read. So like, I didn't know oh. if there was stuff you're hoping for in the future. Gosh. I mean, obviously that Scarlet comes back, right? Well, of course I miss her. I miss Scarlet. Um, she and Wolf are cute. That is, oh, that is adorable. There is um, something so appealing about the level of devotion he has for her i'm yes. not gonna <laughs> okay thank you don't we all want that and it's not creepy like the whole um twilight impact, uh impact <laughs> yeah um imprint. <laughs> imprint yes it's not creepy in that way because mm-hmm. you know it's more age appropriate i guess um but also yeah. there's like a choice involved and imprinting yeah. very much feels like there isn't a choice involved. Yeah. Just by yeah. the way to describe it like there was a choice involved. So yeah. Right. Yeah. Um I mean, is Iko gonna find love? <laughs> well <laughs> you have to wait and see. Uh, because I just want that for her. I love Iko. 
Can we just like make a robot version of Prince Kai for Aiko? I feel like I want to tell you a secret. Uh oh. Are we going to spoil something? Well, not really, because it's like something I made up in my head to make myself happy. Oh, okay. Tell me. So, in my head, God, I hope nobody judges me for this. Don't judge me because you guys know that I just do these things because I think it'll make me happy and yes. not necessarily because it might have actual real world implications. Okay. <laughs> In my brain, I go get a human body because someone is an organ donor and she gets like their body and then she has like her chip becomes a part of their brain the way that Cinder has a partially cyborg brain and a partially human brain. And then Aiko gets to live her life as a human with her friends. That would be amazing. And I know I've told people that before and they're like, so you want someone to die? And it's like, no, no, that's not what I said. No, it's not like <laughs> that. The only reason this is happening is because at that point in the story, it was like, the reason I came up with that was because I had just started Scarlet and she wasn't the ship yet. And I was like, uh-huh. I need a way to survive without right. <laughs> Second of all, obviously I don't want some fictional character in, to die so that this other fictional character can get her body. But please keep in mind that these are all fictional characters. Like I'm not out there. <laughs> I'm not like orchestrating this into reality. This is a story, and I'm trying to make it fit my own narrative so that I can sleep at night. <laughs> right. Oh, I love it. Thank you for that. That would be wonderful. Yeah. So that's my idea, Marissa. If you can, if you if you want to write another graphic novel, you can do that. <laughs> that would be great. I love it. Oh, thank you for doing this. It's always so thank nice you. to talk to you. Oh, this was wonderful. I hope I you probably... are doing well and that Jerry and the boys are doing well and that life is magical. <laughs> it is. Uh, we are. We're hanging in there. It's, it's been pretty okay lately, which, you know, pretty okay in 2020, I think is is a win. Yeah, at this point. Do you want to be surprised, but not really? Yes. So I'm in grad school now, which means the grading is different, right? Yes. So in grad school, you have to have a 95% or higher for it to be an A. Oh, dear. I do not know for the life of me how, but I somehow have done both first semesters of grad school with still having a 4.0. Oh my goodness. And the summer I took three classes and in this semester I took five. So I have no idea how that happened. You took five graduate level classes at one time. Yep. I'm not going to pretend I haven't been absolutely exhausted. I'm on anxiety medication now and I have a sleep aid because I was having panic attacks. I was trying to go to like I would like lay down to go to bed and then I would have like a panic attack about all the work I had to get done the next day and so I wouldn't be able to sleep and so I would just go back to work. Bethany. So I developed an anxiety disorder now. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Can I ask what what medicine you got? Uh I don't know it off the top of my head. Oh okay. I'm just curious because actually, yeah, I have an appointment on Christmas Eve Eve with my psychiatrist to talk about my meds because my last therapy appointment, my therapist was like, mm, maybe your meds are not doing a great job. 
Acetalopram. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how you pronounce it, but yeah. yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Jerry takes uh, that. It's Sam. I went to my doctor and I was like, I'm having trouble sleeping and Z-Quil is expensive. What do you recommend? And she was like, well, we need to identify why you're having trouble sleeping. <laughs> right. And so we had this whole long conversation and she was like, well, you should have started with, I'm having anxiety. And I was like, I mean, I'm a grad school student. Like, of course I have anxiety. I have a lot of work to do. Right. Like, right. But like, if you had just come in and said, Hey, I'm having anxiety, I would have been like, well, let's talk about anti-anxiety medication. I was like, doesn't that sound like drug pushing? Like if I come in here and I'm like, Hey, what drugs can you give me? Like, isn't that kind of a red flag? Well, especially since the one that she gave you does have a pretty good street value. I didn't know that either, but she was just right, like, you because you're you, she was like, you've been my patient for, um, almost three years and you have a seizure disorder. So if right. you're having anxiety and not getting sleep, that's a big problem. Yeah. And it I, is. Like, yeah. Okay, she's like, cause you're going to start having seizures and one bad seizure is going to kill you. So we need to address this now. And I was like, okay. So we had yeah. this like hour long conversation about like all of my stressors in life. which is also how I started writing my book because one of my biggest stressors is insecurity about my size Uh and getting obsessed with counting calories. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So, (sighs) but I don't know how I got my 4.0. I'm going to do my best to see what happens. We'll see what happens. I know that when I started grad school, one of my professors from undergrad was like, yeah, kiss that 4.0 goodbye and just be glad every time you pass. And so now Mm -hmm. um, the first time it happened, I thought it was a fluke. So I was like, hi, I still did it for the first semester. Isn't that funny? (laughs) And then this time I messaged her and I was like, so from now on, you're getting an email every time I still have a 4.0. And she was like, I expect one at this point. I'm shocked. (laughs) (laughs) No, have you, and I I know you did all through college, but did you always have a 4.0 your entire life? No. um, In high school, I struggled a lot with math. Okay. um, For several reasons. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest reasons being I didn't care and neither did my parents. So I didn't think it mattered. Right. So I was like, pass, who gives a shit? Right, yeah. My parents were always like that, by the way. My parents were never hardcore about like, you better get all A's and B's. My parents were like, as long as you pass and you're not like goofing off in class and we don't get emails or letters that are like, Bethany does nothing but talks to her friends and turns in all her homework late and skip class. Like as long as you're passing Mm -hmm. and you're trying, that's all they cared about. Right. So like getting a C was acceptable in my house. Cool. So I never really cared. Um, Mm -hmm. until I got to college and it was like, oh, how am I going to pay for college? I need scholarships. Well, how do you get scholarships? Mm -hmm. Well, they want you to have good grades. So it was my first time in college, like when I was getting my associate level classes done that I started to get. And again, that also causes anxiety. I started to get obsessed with like, well, you need the best grades possible. Right. And, um, so it's not like I became smart overnight. I just put in more effort than I normally did. Like in terms of I w- I took longer when writing papers and researching and studying. I actually went through the trouble of getting tutors. Like two of my classes in undergrad 
for my bachelor's degree, I had a tutor in because I knew I wasn't going to be able to keep an A if I didn't. Right. One of those tutors was my sister, but it still counts. Yeah. Yeah. If I call her once a week for two hours and be like, how the hell does this mathematical bullcrap work? It still counts as tutoring. So everyone thank Lindsay. Yes. Thank you, Lindsay. Good job. I know, right? Yeah. Although I will say I am very proud of myself because I am married to a computer programmer and I had to do a lot of coding this semester and I didn't Uh want to get help. Uh Uh-huh. So wow. I'm super proud of not having to be like, Quentin, how do you do codes? Because <laughs> I like had to take that class, I was like, man, I'm going to have to talk to Quentin like so much. I'm going to have to get so much help. He's going to like be so annoyed with me. And oh. then I finally heard, I was like, no, I know how to do this. I can totally do this. This is like half of what my space was. <laughs> yeah. Right? I was like, I think I put snowflakes on my MySpace home yeah. profile. I can do this. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. And everybody would have like the scroll bar would be fancy. Yeah, different different on like which page you were on. <laughs> yes. oh, and there was always music playing in the background. It was so annoying. Yes. yes. Love it. <laughs> oh, oh dear. It's going on 1030. Yeah. I need to be that to be by nine now. Yeah. I've got to be at the gym by eight. So thank you for being here. Thank you to Jerry for uh, Uh, sacrificing your Becca time and letting me have some of your Becca time. He was such a good sport. He went in the bedroom to watch TV, which like I know is not the most physically comfortable for him. And with his back and his knees and everything. And his shoulder. Yeah, his shoulder's doing really pretty well, which is great. And his leg is healing. Good. Um, the wound is almost completely closed. So um, so that's great. And his hand is doing well. <laughs> well, tell him thank you from me. And thank you from all of our listeners, because I'm sure Patreon is super happy to finally get this episode. Uh, I am too. Thank you all so much. I miss this. And- Everyone have a wonderful holiday, whether it's Christmas or Yule or Hanukkah or other holidays. I don't know all of them. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Candle, candle Nights was tonight. Mm-hmm. So I put that on pause um, to watch to watch the Candle Nights special later instead of live, live watching it because I would rather <laughs> talk to you. So. Thank you. <sighs> okay. Everyone, keep listening. Thank you for being here. And what should you say forever after? Just breathe. Oh, yes. And just breathe. And just to breathe. Bye. Bye. My great-great-grandmother's portrait hung in the university up until the revolution. By then, the truth of the Romans had been reduced 